This is The Bloggist Podcast, episode number two. This is The Bloggist Podcast, a new type of podcast here to connect brands and influencers in a way that has never existed. This is the podcast where brands and influencers can come together to synergize worthy opportunities to reach new audiences and new heights. We'll interview both influencers and brands to talk about quitting the nine to five, building up your base one connection at a time, and what brands should know about your audience in order to leverage theirs. Brands meet influencers, influencers meet brands. This is the Bloggist Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so beyond thrilled to introduce you to the guest on today's episode. With over 10 years of experience in the modeling industry, you've probably seen her modeling in ads for Macy's, American Eagle, Target, and Lane Bryant. She's built a community of over 30,000 women on Instagram in just under a year and is truly a mover and shaker in not only the modeling industry, but the fashion industry at large, as she's one of the only size 18 working models today. Maxie Green has appeared as an on-air host for a variety of leading plus-size retailers, including DNCo and Co-Edition, and it truly was an honor to interview her for the Vlogist podcast as she was one of the first influencers that we ever worked with. We'll be talking about things like how important it is to create a support system when you are a freelancer and entrepreneur, how Maxie used Instagram to change her career over the course of the past year, and we'll end the show by talking about all of the exciting things she was focusing on in 2019 as she continues to explore ways she can show up for her community each and every day. You truly won't want to miss this. Let's go to the episode. Welcome to the show, Maxie. Hi. I'm so glad you're here. Me too. What an amazing introduction. Thank you so much. I'm so excited that you're here. (laughs) Me too. Yay. So I'd love if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and especially what are you feeling excited for as we're beginning 2019? I am a 28-year-old girl who just moved to Brooklyn. I love that. If anyone saw on Instagram, so Maxie just moved from Jersey City to Brooklyn. So she's officially a New Yorker now. Have you ever lived in New York before? I have not. No. So this is like a big deal. It is a big deal. I wow. actually only ever lived in New Jersey besides being born in Canada. Which is a really which fun is fact. Kinda, which is a fun fact. I was born in Canada, but moved to New Jersey when I was a wee toddler. And I'm so excited to be doing this with you. So am I. Is this your first podcast? I think so. Wow. This is exciting. I know. Awesome. I know. So for everyone listening, I'd love if you could give an overview of what the past year and a half to year has looked like from a professional standpoint. I met you <laughs> at Dietco two years ago, three years ago. I think it was, uh, it was two years ago, over two and a half years ago. Yeah. And yeah. I worked there for a bit and I just wasn't really feeling fulfilled. I mean, I loved it and I had a great, great experience, but professionally, I just didn't see this being a long-term experience for me. I just didn't feel the passion I felt when it came to doing other things. And I decided to quit and it was not really thought out and I'm not really known to think things through. So I was unhappy and I quit my job and I was like, now what? So that's so inspiring. (laughs) I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) This was about two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I'd say. And I am so unbelievably glad I did it. Wow. <laughs> I know. Crazy. So yeah, the year, this year and a half has been 
probably the longest year and a half of my life. Uh, so many huge changes, major career moves, and a lot of goals were hit. And yeah, like I said, it's was the greatest decision I ever made. And it's been one hell of a time. Can you talk about that day that you decided to quit? Do you feel like there was something inside of you that just felt right? This feels like a right decision. So it's funny. I think the people I was working under knew it was coming. They could sense that I wasn't happy and that I was feeling really lost and that I didn't see myself going anywhere in that company. Everybody kind of saw me leaving. I knew I was ready to go. And I guess everybody else knew I was ready to go too. And I mean, I remember sitting down with, actually, I think it was like CEO, one of the co-founders and we had a conversation and it was emotional one. We were both emotional. I had started that company pretty much right from the beginning and she saw my growth and just knew that I was supposed to be doing something different. And I definitely knew it too. And it was emotional and I felt lost and scared, but I knew it was the right decision. Just deep down, I just knew it. Inside of you. I think that for a lot of people that I talk to, there's no real answer, but something inside of you feels like this is the right thing and you kind of wake up the next day. And I know that for myself too, and that's how Maxie and I met. We met at our our past full-time employer and it's one of those things that you wake up the next day and this feels like the right decision. Yeah, I had to just like go with my gut. Exactly, uh, which is so important. Reverting back to two years ago and now thinking about today, what do you feel like have been the defining moments that have caused this massive career growth over the past year? But I also think too, just for listeners, if you want to kind of highlight what has gone on over the past year, year and a half, because you were an active working model before you worked at DNCO. Okay, yes. So I have been, like you said, doing this for about 10 years. Most of the 10 years were me desperately trying to break into the career, uh, break into the industry. So I wasn't really working, but, you know, I'd get a job here and there doing some sort of thing. And I just really didn't find my place. Um, My weight fluctuated. I got down to a size 14 and got signed and started working for some pretty awesome clients. I did that for maybe about a year. And I started slowly putting on a little weight. And that's when I started at DN Co. And I was up to a size 18. And at the time, it was only, what, like four years ago, companies weren't really using larger models. They were still sticking to the type that they were always using, a size 14, who had to be at least 5'10", very specific about who they were using. So I felt really lost. I was trying to fit into a mold that I just could not fit into no matter how hard I tried it. And I just couldn't stay at a size 14 and it just didn't feel natural to me. (laughs) I started kind of gaining a little weight and I started working at DNCO and DNCO was amazing at helping me feel totally at home in my body at a size 18. I mean, being, being surrounded by women, all different sizes who are feeling super empowered definitely helped me. So then, yes, at a size 18, while working at DNCO, I kind of saw that there was a need for women who looked like the customer um, who could be in a photograph. Do you feel like social media caused that to happen? Because previously, when you first started your modeling career, there was only size 14 models, and that was on the bigger end of being a plus size model. Do you feel 
the fact that people can post photos of themselves at any size on social media, do you feel like that's kind of caused the shift in the industry? Absolutely. Like, no doubt about it. I mean, what brands want is to see people in their clothing and how they wear it and uh, kind of that street style look that has just taken over anything also because of social media. We want to see everyday people in clothing looking aspirational and looking amazing. So social media 100% impacted that. There, It wasn't that before. Prior to that, it was just cookie cutter models looking all the, the same, showing off like an e-commerce thing. That makes sense. And I know as someone who follows you and everyone listening, you have to follow Maxi Green if you don't. But I feel like that's one of the most compelling things about you is that you really kind of show up every day on your Instagram account and you talk to people about the sort of shift in the industry and how you're really here to represent that size 18 women and sort of serve as their ambassador in a way that no one else has before. Totally. But like I only buy plus size clothing. I can't fit. <laughs> so I feel like I really represent that person. And yeah, like I was saying, there was no one doing that at the time. And I remember looking for that when I was working at DNCO. I wanted to find someone to do it. And the big reason why I quit was like, I'm gonna be that girl. You're gonna be that girl. And there was just this this thing inside of you that this this is right. Yeah, definitely. I think something that we talk a lot about is there's a lot of things that people don't talk about when it comes to sort of having this entrepreneurial thing inside of you that you feel like you want to do something outside of the traditional nine to five. People re- see on Instagram, oh my gosh, you know, I, I see these Instagram models or I see models, I see uh, these social media like entrepreneurs and they seem like they have it all cut out for them. And I, I think there's so much that kind of goes into that one Instagram post that they see. And the realities of working for yourself, uh, essentially, and, you know, not going to a nine to five, it's not ultimately like what people think. So I'd love if you could kind of talk about for you specifically, and then I think you and I can just like have a conversation about it. What are the things that you have really learned over the past year, year and a half when it comes to quitting your full-time job, building your dream career that a lot of people don't talk about? Because I think that at the end of the day, we see all these girls read blog posts about how great it is to quit your full-time job, but it's actually really difficult. I remember when I worked my first night to five at Dia and I got health insurance and I was like, what? <laughs> that is so funny. It's a, just like the smallest thing. Like the fact that health insurance was just given to me is wild. Like now that I am back in the freelance role, I mean, there's so many small things that nobody taught us in school, uh, like getting health insurance, buying, filing your taxes, being able to save your money in order to be able to not work a couple weeks if that happens, which we hope it doesn't, but sometimes it it does happen. So being able to balance your money, there's so many like little random things that just nobody teaches you. But I think the biggest thing for me, the big change was not having that paycheck every two weeks. Do you feel like there was like any experts or like people that you went to for advice when it came to those things? Because I think you can Google search as many of these talking points as possible, like how to file taxes and like, what do I do with health insurance? And at the end of the day, you, those resources are, are are not as easy to navigate as as they should be. So do you feel like there was anyone out there that was really able to help you? Or do you feel like that there's that's like a huge opportunity in the space today is like there genuinely needs to be someone and maybe that's on us to create this <laughs> a rule book for people who are models, who are freelancers, who are influencers, who are really trying to figure out how do I file taxes? How do I deal with getting health insurance? 
when right out of college, I was waitressing and trying to get this thing going. And I don't really even remember what I, I think I was doing, like TurboTax on myself. I've always been the kind of person that just learns from doing things. And I just do it, figure out while I'm doing it. If I mess up, I learn even more. But if I don't mess up, that's great. And just continue to do it. So when I was younger, I actually worked with another model, um, Nicola Breeze, who you know. She's amazing. Phenomenal. She's also a photographer. And I was working with her. And she gave me like random pieces of advice. She was the one who taught me to make sure that you do your taxes correctly so you do not get audited because getting audited sucks. is not fun. <laughs> it is not fun. I don't so wish it on anyone. Really, <laughs> yeah. She really instilled that in me. So she was a big part. But also when I initially quit the second time around and went back into modeling, I was lucky enough to have an incredible boyfriend who is also a freelancer and has had a successful career and is more established and understanding of all these things. And he was able to teach me a lot. But besides those two people, there really isn't much out there. And I really think, especially these 19, 20 year olds who are fresh out of college, who don't want to go to a nine to five, like who the hell is, te- who is teaching these people what to do? I mean, in my specific industry, agents aren't even really helping. And there's so many other industries where there is absolutely nobody, you know, you're 100% on your own in this career that you're building. Nobody is teaching you these things. So I think it's, I think it'd be great. You should definitely do that. So maybe for everyone listening, if you ever need any sort of advice about accounting or legal advice or anything related to health insurance, direct message us because we're here to help. (laughs) I'll try. We're not experts, but we can direct you to the right people. And yeah, we've been going it through through it too. So we have a lot of things to say. Yeah. And I think with that too, just, you know, kind of silliness aside, your main point there is really having a group of people that you can look to and surround yourself with who are there to support you when you have questions, because you're not in this alone. At the end of the day, one of the most important things it sounds like you really do need when you go out and you, you know, really pursue your passions is having that support system around you. So you're not alone. And if you need someone to go to, if you need a shoulder to cry on, you have those people there for you. People, we need mentors. There's no way of getting around that. And you have to figure out how to find that person. And if it's just like, if you're trying to create a career and you're going on, you Google search people who have success in that career, just like reach out to them. You do this all the time, Julie. And you're just like, Hey, let's get a coffee. It's so important. Yeah. Just like trying to find a mentor and someone who, and trust me, like everybody would love to be a mentee. Are you kidding me? I would love to help somebody. <laughs> I think it's so <laughs> rewarding and gratifying from both ends because it's We've all been there and we've all gone through the ups and downs, no matter if you're working at a full-time job and you're trying to figure out how do I shift my career or, you know, I I really feel inside of me that I need to become my own boss. You know, what are the things that I need to do to get there? I was just Google searching before this, like, you know, how do do you quit your full-time job? And so many people are like, well, you have to save for a year. You need to go to an accountant and you have to do all these things. And it's, it's, that's not the case for everyone. And I think some of us just really feel like this this urge to just say, like, I'm going to do something that today that makes me feel excited and, you know, makes me feel like I'm in control of my own destiny. And so it's just really important to have those people around you and surround yourself with those people who inspire you. So when you are stressed out and you have those questions about how do I get health insurance, you have those people around to go to. 
Totally. So with that too, I think you are obviously talking about Nicole Labrie, who's an amazing model um, and a photographer. I'll, I'll link her in the show notes to this podcast episode. I love it. I literally drop her name all the time. I don't even think she realizes it. She, But she's so incredible because obviously I, I don't know as much about the plus size modeling industry as you, but would you say she was at the frontier of the, the plus size modeling oh, yeah, industry? Yeah. Totally. I remember being like 15 or 16 and shopping on a website and I think I bought my prom dress because she was are you serious? I think so. Isn't that awesome? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> what did your prom dress look like? It kind of looked like Marilyn Monroe, that like white dress. Wow. You know what I'm talking about? A hundred percent. It wasn't really promy. I kind of wish I went a little bit all out, but everyone was pretty casual at my prom. That's fair. Um, the New Jersey but, prom. <laughs> a New Jersey prom. I thought I looked. I really hope that you post it on your Instagram someday so everyone can see it. I actually posted it in my story pretty recently because, you know, I rewore it, rewore my prom dress on Halloween this year. Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't so know I that. I posted a photo of me at prom with my <laughs> my high school boyfriend. It was pretty great. That's, looked- a, that's a really, really great idea. Reusing <laughs> your old prom dress as a Halloween costume. That's what I'm doing this year. 100% mental note. Okay. Done. Do it. Um, so I think with that too, we were talking about Nicole Avery, but like who in general do you feel like have been the people in your life that have been the most instrumental in shaping your career? Oh my God. Are you just asking that question so I can say you? Maybe. Am I, am I plugging myself? <laughs> am I plugging myself? Maybe. No, but in all seriousness, I mean, I am so lucky to have a friend like you who is not only going through similar experiences I am. I mean, we both went freelance around the same time. So we were able to laugh and cry with each other, which is so so important to be able to like laugh about all the shit that happens. It's really important to be able to like have somebody who gets it. And I I think in general too, I really think my career and where we are today, it it spawns, I always tell people, spawns from the relationship that we have. Had we not met, I probably wouldn't have known that there was such a need, specifically in the influencer marketing world, to have someone who understands social media to help you. And I think that like anytime someone says, how have you gotten to where you are today? I really say that my relationship with Maxi Green was the beginning and most instrumental part of this entire thing that is going on right now. Oh my God, bless. I mean, it's true. <laughs> I love that. So maybe we're not sisters, but we kind of are sisters. Yeah. We were brought into each other's lives for a reason. Career sisters. <laughs> yeah. And I think with that too, but what's one mantra or thing that has kind of kept you going is like this guiding light or this like thought in your mind every day that you get up and you have this one thing that just keeps you going every single day. Something that I think about a lot and it doesn't really keep me going, but it kind of keeps me sane. If that, if that is okay. When I first quit, I had a hard time with, the inconsistent money coming in. So it must have been my boyfriend who said it, but you have to be totally okay with not doing anything. Yeah. Or like not having, I think as New Yorkers, uh, freelance New Yorkers, we're so focused on having to do something at all times of the day. And if you're not having the most productive day of your life, you're failing. And those are the things that no one says. Yeah, nobody says that. And that's not how we should live. And uh, basically, he told me, like, you have to be okay with slow times and you have to be okay with busy times. And at the end of the day, you have to look at it like holistically. 
And I started looking at my years and seeing if I've had a good year or bad year or, you know, or even months. You can look at your month. Like you can't look at every day as this has to be the most productive day ever because you're going to just tear yourself down and wear yourself out immediately. So you have to figure out that balance. So that is what keeps me sane, like being okay with not doing anything. Do you feel like that pressure comes and stems from the fact that we see everyone posting on Instagram every single day about how busy they are? Do you feel like that anxiety comes from that? Oh my God, absolutely. There's way too much visibility. I mean, Instagram lets us see so much into people's lives that it can be so exhausting. I mean, I I look at even my friends sometimes and they're like, here's like my schedule or doing all this today. And I'm sitting here on the couch watching Floribama Shore. Which is a great show. <laughs> Wait, do you watch it? I I started watching it and actually, so I just said it was a great show, but like I started watching it and then I fell asleep. <laughs> so I should start rewatching it though. I need a new show. Ugh, it's embarrassing how much I love it. But I think you're so right. Like, you know, at the end of the day, there's on Instagram, I, I think it's, it's it's a place that I can ultimately like kind of brag about everything that I'm doing. And that's probably like 1% of what I'm actually doing in my day to day. And oh, there's, it's, it's hard because, you know, I, I see everyone posts on their Instagram stories like, oh my God, I'm doing all these things. And like, I'm so busy. And at the end of the day, like we all have a lot going on and busy isn't a right of a stamp of approval. And it's not like a passage. Like we all have a lot going on, no matter if I'm going to the grocery store or if I'm just like sitting on my couch trying to figure out what am I doing this week for my profession? Like, how am I actually growing as an individual? We use Instagram as sort of a highlight reel of our lives, which is sad at the end of the day sometimes. And it's alienating too. I have such a funny relationship with Instagram. Like, like you said in the bio, <laughs> Did, I was able to cultivate a great audience in a year and it definitely helped with my career. No doubt about it. But at the same time, it actually drives me crazy. I know that there's so many people I follow that just like didn't make me feel great, especially my peers, which... Really? That's so interesting. It's really sad, honestly you know, girls I've known for years and if they're doing something or, you know, just looking really cool on Instagram, it'll make me feel really bad about myself. And that is not okay. So it's been a thing more recently where I've taken to unfollowing a lot of people just because I, I mean, even if I know them and do like them, I don't want to let an app make me feel bad about myself. So I'm just unfollowing people. I mean, that's at the end of the day, like you staying as true to yourself as possible too. like kind of seeing that there's there's things, there's blockers and you showing up every day and being your best self and seeing posts on Instagram that make you feel really insecure. Like those are not the things that you should have on your feed every single day. You should be inspired. You should be really excited about the things that you're seeing so they can like inspire you as as you take on your professional career. Exactly. And I do know that Instagram has really been, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. And I think it's a blessing and a curse for all of us. And you did just allude to the fact that you feel like Instagram really has been one of the key drivers in your growth over the past year, year and a half. I I think for listeners, it'll be really exciting to hear. What do you think were, what was that, that thing that you did that you feel like really like launched and sparked this like massive growth amongst your community? I can answer that in two different parts because I don't think my growth on Instagram was just like a natural progression and like a snowball. You know, once you start getting some, you start getting a lot and it just grew quick that way. But I think what people really liked about my Instagram, how oh, that sounds so annoying, but it's true uh, because my clients tell me this, that they like when I 
talk, you know, when I'm in my stories and I'm just like kind of talking about either a positive experience I had with my body or just giving advice or random things when I'm just one-on-one with my followers on one-on-one, but one-on-30. You know what I mean? When you do those stories where you're just like doing a dumb selfie video, talking about whatever you might be talking about, but it's so real. You know, they get to just like see you and see your personality. And I think I was able to put that out there and clients saw it and it made them want to work with me, which is unbelievable. And as someone I think who like works directly with a, a lot of amazing digital influencers every day, the thing that I see that is the most, most important is you looking at your Instagram account is really this two-way conversation in between you and your followers. And so once you're able to kind of say like, it isn't just me posting, it's really a place that like people can engage with me too. And it's like a community forum, essentially. I think that that's when you're really able to kind of define your place online. You know, I come to Max Urian's account because I want to see someone like me and I can talk openly about the fact that to be quite honest, there aren't that many size 18 like models that I see working. And like, I really want to, and there aren't that many women that look like me in the mainstream media and like want to actually talk to someone. And I want to talk to other women that feel the same way too. Absolutely. And that's who I want to be. And I think everybody finds their own role on social media. And I look at my, a lot of my friends who are influencers and who make their full-time living off of Instagram and create creating content. And that isn't totally what I do. I really just use Instagram as more of a portfolio, but you have to kind of create your own space. I really like that. Like, what is my role on social media? Like, exactly, what am exactly. I, what am I doing here today? And once I'm able to define that, what, what ultimately yeah. am I doing? And I, I think I, at the end of the day, like people feel like they need to use every single channel because it's going to help them. But like, if you're really able to say, this is what I'm using this channel for, and this is ultimately what I have to share with the world. If you're ready to show up every day, because consistency is extremely important. And I know like you do such a good job at like trying to post every single day. And that is so, so, so yeah. important. But once you're able to define your role and your your space in this online web, I feel like people are infinitely more excited and are gonna you're gonna see that growth that you've seen. It's so funny. I was just having a conversation about Instagram this morning. I have such a weird relationship with it. Which I think we all do. Definitely. I went so hard on it and like tried really hard to create this audience. And now I'm at a point where I'm just like, I don't really know what I'm doing with it. And I, like I said before, I'm using it as my portfolio. And I think that is what a lot of models should be doing because it's a great way to put your images out there. But I saw this girl posted the other day and she got hacked and they, or it was actually, she posted this morning, she got hacked and it was deleted. And just like that, her Instagram is gone. And for so many people, that's their livelihood just gone. But we cannot depend on an app like that to be everything, you know? You have to be able to create a brand and a name for yourself. And yes, I have a small following on Instagram, but I'm also trying to create a name for myself and a brand. And I think that's way more important than getting thousands of followers. A hundred percent. Because we don't own Instagram. We don't own Snapchat. Like we don't own YouTube, but exactly. we do own the reputability of our name. And so like, if we can look at that and view that as a channel that we're able to spread our message, that I think at the end of the day, that kind of shifts our relationship that we can have with Instagram because it's a place, it's ultimately a publishing platform for us. And they've created a place that we can publish, but it isn't our brand. And it isn't like who we are as people. And there's other, like if I'm able to ultimately 
own. And, you know, that's what you've really done is you've you've shaped this niche for yourself as this this model who is seen everywhere. You own your face across all mainstream media right now. And Instagram is a place to kind of like publish what you're doing. But it's a publishing platform at the end of the day, which I think is like actually a really good way to look at Instagram. Yeah. And I, I think when people get really caught up on like the engagement numbers and like how quickly you're growing, if you can kind of have this relationship with Instagram that it's ultimately there to service you and you shouldn't have this combative relationship with like, oh my God, why am I not getting the same amount of likes on an Instagram post? Like it's important to look at it holistically. Yeah, I'm so over the numbers. I don't even, I turned off all my notifications. I like make it so I can just see if I get a comment, which because for the most part, I get really great comments from a lot of my female followers. Sometimes they're not great ones for male followers, but they're usually blocked and deleted. So that's okay. But I just like don't want to focus on that anymore. Like I said, I'm putting these pictures out to hopefully get <laughs> more people taking notice of me and uh, trying to get more brands to pay attention. But besides that, I don't focus on it anymore because also the numbers go up and down every day. Like you can get thousands of likes on a photo and then the next day get zero. So you can't, you can't put your energy on that. It'll drive you crazy. I think for so many of us that we've talked about, you quit your full-time job and you're really, and you have done an amazing job at fulfilling your your dreams of, of being a working full-time model. Do you feel like there was a moment ever where you were, wow, I'm, I'm doing this? It's hard sometimes because, you know, we have this tumultuous relationship with Instagram and you're, you're kind of like, do I want to share this really exciting moment that I just had? Like, oh, wow, I'm actually doing this. As we say, like Instagram is a publishing platform. We shouldn't look at these exciting moments as, oh my God, can I post this? And it really is a place to to share these. It should be a place to not only share our vulnerability, but like our exciting moments. So I guess it's a two-part question. Do you feel like there has been a moment over the the past year, year and a half where you're like, I'm really doing this right now and I, I feel really happy about that? I guess second part of that question, do you feel like you've ever felt like you can't necessarily talk about what's going on because you, you've you seen it from the other side? Like, I don't necessarily love and I feel really like kind of stressed at the end of the day when I see what other people are doing. So do you ever feel like you kind of have this inability to share everything that's going on in your mind because you're worried that people might feel the same way you do when digesting other people's content? So I've been trying to do to model full-time for a while, like I said. And I'd say maybe three or four months ago, I started working every day, which is crazy for me. And probably some freelancers might think that's wild too. Like the fact that I was able to work every single day is nuts. And that only happened, like I said, a couple months ago. And the fact that I was waking up every morning and going to work was like, oh my God, I'm doing this. So I really only figured this out. And I think prior to that couple months ago, anytime I worked and I was in a makeup chair, I was taking so many selfies, so many stories and like putting it on the grid because highlight reel the crap out of anytime I'm doing anything cool. And I mean, I'm really putting myself out there right now, (laughs) but yeah, I was doing that and wanting to show off, you know, show it off on Instagram. And at the point when I did start really working, I was like, this is so dumb. I'm literally just putting content out there to like let people know that I'm doing good. And that's ridiculous. Like I actually had to take a step back and be like, this isn't you. But do you also feel like that was a 
a way that you were able to get to this place where you will, we wake up every day and you work? I mean, people want what other people have, right? So clients are like, oh, she's working. I want to work with her. So maybe that could have been it. And I never really thought of that. I, I, but you're totally right. I, the reason I got a lot of jobs was because they saw me in images that other brands put out. But I don't think that is so much like this highlight reel, you know? A hundred percent. They they can still see those images without me posting like a selfie in a makeup chair. And do you feel like that these are things that other models are are taught? Like you should be sharing your and documenting your life as a working model because all their brands are seeing it. Do you feel like that those are pieces of wisdom that are imparted on other models in the industry right now? Or what are the things that you feel like a lot of models and up and coming models don't know that you feel like, you know, you've kind of learned over the past year, year and a half as you've been going through this that they should know? I do think it's important to put your like best foot forward, I guess, on Instagram and putting good content out there and making sure that people do know that you are. I guess it's just like finding that balance. Yeah. Nobody wants to see people bragging all the time. And that is pretty much what Instagram is. It's like bragging rights. So you have to find your balance where you're showing that you're working, but like maybe always staying true to like who you were and admitting that like how far you've come and how much you've struggled is is important. And I also think too, like you, you do such a good job. And again, people, if you don't follow Maxi Green, you have to, but you highlight like different parts of being a plus size woman in the in the world today. And I think that that's what makes you so relatable too. So like me as a viewer, I know that you are a working model. And the fact that you're connecting with me though, and you talk about things like I went to the mall in Brooklyn and there was no brick and mortar stores that I could just like go buy a dress. And like, why can't I buy clothes that, you know, fit me in the mall? And that's a really, really honest talking point that me as a follower, I feel like I want to engage in that. I see that you genuinely are interested in me and like kind of back to that community thing. But then, you know, on the flip side, I I feel like because you are genuinely connecting with me when you highlight these moments of I'm shooting with, you know, some really leading amazing retailers in the space today, I feel excited and I want to cheer you on because it's not you just posting photos for the sake of getting likes. You actually genuinely care and you're cultivating these relationships. And you ultimately, at the end of the day, want to show to people that you are working too because it's a part of it's your career like that's your job and and if instagram is a place to publicly share your brand showing that you're working and you're also using this as a place to talk because i i don't know we should definitely talk about your trajectory into the plus size world but i know that this is this this idea and this notion that like you know women of of all shapes and sizes should be highlighted in media that kind of stems back to even when you were in high school and you you worked at this the plus size camp right and so i think that it's a part of you as a person is really highlighting that women of all shapes and sizes should be out there and you're creating a space for them. Absolutely. Well, so I was just looking at one of my most liked and more most commented on photo recently was a photo I put out maybe like two weeks ago. And it was the first lingerie photo I did with Elaine Bryant, which was a huge deal for me, like crazy. And I was so honest in my caption about it. You know, I didn't just like post a picture and be like, hey, but I wrote like, it is a huge deal for me to be putting a picture of me in my lingerie on Instagram because people like me didn't do this ever before. And I basically just wrote about how I wanted to put this picture out solely because 
I wanted people looking at this to feel empowered. And it got such an amazing response more than like any other kind of photo I put out there. And what I loved the most about that is that it's totally true to who I was. So yeah, everything you're saying is really spot on. There's so many kind of defining moments that have gotten to you to like where you are today. And I think it would also just be kind of cool to talk about like your unique stance in the plus size industry. Again, I sort of talked about you did work at a, a plus size camp. It feels like you're really a champion for this customer, which is so unique and doesn't feel like that exists really uh, on any other Instagram account that I see. Oh, I love that. But I mean, it's totally true. I feel like I've been fighting for bigger women forever. I, as soon as I, I was 17 and I went to this camp, it was called New Image Camps and it is a weight loss camp. 100% that is what it's meant to do. It's meant for kids to go to lose weight. And when I went there initially, I was really unhappy. I mean, I was in high school. I was unhappy with my body and I wanted to make a change. And I went to this camp, but instead of losing a lot of weight, which I maybe lost like, you know, five, 10 pounds, I gained a whole new outlook on life, which is crazy to think that I learned this at a weight loss camp because we're all taught that they're like, you know, fat farms or whatever, you know, just trying to make these kids lose some weight. But in reality, it introduced me. I mean, I had never been around a lot of plus size women before. Um, Most of my friends and people growing up around me, I was always the big girl and everyone was all, everyone else around me was very skinny. So I finally found a sense of community which is funny because we were all sent to this camp to lose weight. But I went and realized like, hey, I love being around other plus size women. (laughs) So ever since then, I was like, I want to fight for these people. And I want women to feel good in their skin. And they don't, not just women who are plus size, literally everyone, men, women, I want them to feel good. And when I started working at this camp, I started teaching Or I basically was a guardian. I went to this camp summer after summer uh, in order to help these girls realize that it's not all about losing weight. Isn't everybody's goal in life. Your goal in life is to feel happy and to feel good. And if that means losing weight for you, that's fine. But it's about figuring out what makes you happy. And that's what that camp was able to do for me. And actually one year, one of my proudest things I think I've ever done was I brought a bunch of models to the camp. And this was maybe like five, six years ago. So I was still not really in in the industry, not really knowing these women, but I idolized them. Women like Ashley Graham and Precious Lee and uh, who else came? There were a bunch of them, Marquita Prang. These were like these superstars. I mean, they still are superstars, but I invited them all to come to the camp to talk to these girls. And it was unbelievable. And now, you know, Ashley Graham is this mega huge superstar. And She's amazing. So cool that these girls got to meet her a few years ago. And they got to feel good in their bodies. Like, come on, who doesn't want to feel good? Even if it's just for a split second, they saw a woman who kind of resembled them and saw them as beautiful, successful, intelligent women who have fat on their bones. And they're like, okay, I can do this. So that was the best thing I like I'm getting emotional thinking about it it was the best thing I ever did ever did that's awesome and I think like what you were able to do and what you've now been able to do in a public place and what social media has kind of enabled you to do is is these things that you have have been such an important part of your life you're now able to share this these messages with the world which is so beyond exciting yeah I mean it's so important to me 
I was even, <laughs> I was just writing uh, an Instagram post that I'm going to be posting tomorrow. <laughs> yes, we do do that sometimes. But I was writing the caption and it's all about kind of my experience with fitness. And I've always been a, a mildly active person for the most part. Working out has always been important to me. I definitely fall off. And then I also have my months where I do a lot. But I was just writing about how I want to inspire other people not to lose weight, obviously, because I'm not a walking weight loss ad, but to inspire them to just feel good in your body and get out there and move and have fun and stop letting those inner voices take over. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. What I want my Instagram to be is a safe space for women to realize that their bodies aren't stopping them from anything. That's amazing. And that's really like who you are as a brand. And these these social media platforms are a place blessing that you're able to like have these places that you're able to share those messages with the world. Totally. Yeah, it's amazing. And so I guess kind of to round things off, if, if you could tell Maxi Green five years ago, anything about where you are today, is there like one thing that you would say to her about, you know, what will happen over the next five years? And like any kind of messages of reassurance around things like it's going to be okay. And, you know, our careers are completely different than like what we think they'll end up being. Yes. So I I mean, five years ago, like I said, I was trying to be someone I wasn't. I was trying to fit into a mold that was placed in front of me that I just could not fit into. And I was so hard on myself to not be able to be this kind of person. And it killed me. It it devastated devastated me. And to think that fast forward five years from now, I built a career off literally being who I am, being myself and fully embracing my body and size and height and everything would be able to launch a successful career. I wouldn't believe it. Like I would not have believed it five years ago, which is sad. But I guess like my biggest takeaway from it is that you have to be you. You, you can't try to be anybody else and like, don't try to be that cool girl. Don't try to be that skinny girl, like, or whatever it is. If you are skinny, just embrace who you are is the number one takeaway from it all. And so when it comes down to waking up one day and your post didn't get the likes or the comments that you wanted, as long as you stay true to yourself, these channels, these, these places that you're able to connect with others, like it's, it's, it's a place that you're able to connect with others at the end of the day. And if you don't get the the followers that you, you know, have seen over the course of the past like five months, it's okay because like you still have this community of people that you're able to authentically share your story with. Absolutely. You just have to just have to be you and and the success and greatness will come as long as you're embracing you because there is only one you and everybody wants to see that uniqueness, you know? I think it's so true. So th- that's all. Those are all the questions that I have. But I think it would be awesome if you could tell people where they can find you. <laughs> I guess you can find me on Instagram. Maxi Green, M-A-X-E-Y-G-R-E-N-E. If my Instagram gets deleted one day, hopefully you'll be able to see me on the page of those. I mean, you also have a very, very engaged <laughs> Facebook page too. Oh, that's true. I don't, I don't use my Facebook as much as I used to. I have to admit it. But yes, you can find me on Facebook. Same name, M-A-X-E-Y-G-R-E-N-E. And for all of us, us who follow you, what are the things that we can look forward to in 2019 when it comes to following Maxie Green and her career journey? <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping to have some pretty amazing jobs in 2019. I'm definitely focusing on creating more video content and I want to 
talk to you guys more. I was so incredibly busy the last few months that I haven't even had a second to like sit and think it through. And now that it's 2019 and it's slowing down a little bit more in these months, I'm able like to focus on creating video and I want to do more like a video around clothing and plus size shopping and style, because that seems to be one of the most important things on my page and what people look to me for is clothing. That's really great. So you kind of place your goals on what these the, the community that you've built wants. Totally. Some of them, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been hey, so much fun. Thank you for having me. Since you've made it this far, don't forget to subscribe to the Blogist podcast over on iTunes so you never miss another episode. Show your support by giving us a five-star rating and taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it on Instagram stories. We always love seeing who's tuning in. And for more information about Blogist, check out bloggist.co. That's B-L-O-G-I-S-T dot co. For influencers, think of Blogist as your personal manager. We're here to crunch the data about your audience, help you identify ways to grow your online following, and discover ways to monetize your social media channels. And for brands, Blogist gives you all of the qualitative and quantitative data necessary to find the perfect digital influencers to work with who will help you build your brand and convert new customers. That's all for this week. See you next time.